Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petralis, and uh, we just had an incredible month, Assistant Coaches Month back in March, and I had five top-notch assistant coaches, which was really exciting. And again, to see some of these young coaches that, you know, in my opinion, are really ready to take that step or are very close to taking that step, become, becoming a head coach. Uh, I think that's, it's, it's amazing. It's my favorite month of the year. And I was really excited for a second year to be able to do it. Uh, but on to my next guest, we're in April. We're going to kick things off, right? Um, someone who I have a lot of respect for, you know, I've been watching their coverage as a football coach for, you know, the past 13 years. I've been coaching for 15 and uh, this person's been around for them, you know, just about the same amount. I first actually encountered this person in 2019. And we'll talk a little bit about it after the introduction here. But someone who I have a lot of respect for has been doing what you know, I'm jumping into for such a long time. And, and I was really lucky to be able to get him on the show today. So from noontime sports, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Noonan. Hey, Anthony, it's great to be with you. And uh, I, you know, it's, uh, you know, it goes both ways, man, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for what you're doing. And uh, love the the coverage that I'm seeing, uh, especially as someone that's kind of dipping his toes back into the high school world a little bit with some of the coverage that I'm doing through noontime. But uh, really excited to be here with you. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on. We're actually on bright and early. This is my second early morning um, podcast. And the reason is, is because my wife informed me yesterday, she's a photographer, that I'll be dressing up as the Easter bunny for her and her photo shoots. Uh, so we had to do this one a little early this morning. So, uh, But I'm really excited and, and I'm glad to have you on here, as I said. So uh, I mentioned in the intro a little bit, and I just want to give people an idea here. So in 2019... I think you did like your first high school game of the week with noontime or one of your first ones. And I had seen it on Twitter and I had our kids voting and, you know, we were playing Watertown. We had a bunch of transfers that came over and we really wanted to kick the program, you know, off the right way. And we, we felt we had a pretty good matchup with Watertown and, you know, we did everything to hype the game up. We had the two fan buses there. And then we, we got the business. We took a beating um, and, you know, and, and I had seen you on the sideline and I was just like, oh my God, like, what are the chances of this? You know, but um, that was your first, that was our first real like encounter with one another. And uh, obviously I followed your coverage since then. I think you do an amazing job, but I kind of wanted to throw out that little side story of how we met each other. Yeah, no, I, I remember doing that and you're right. Yeah. You know, that was, uh, you know, I, you know, just like with you, you know, I, I've always said, I mean, I, I've had a passion for high school sports. You know, my, it goes back to being a correspondent with, uh, you know, ESPN Boston High School. You know, I just was fortunate to be at the right place at the right time in 2010 after I graduated Wheaton. And, uh, you know, Brendan Hall and Scott Barboza did a bang up job with the coverage, as you and I both know. And, you know, they kind of came into a market that was already crowded with the Boston Globe and the Boston Herald. You had the Metro West Daily News that was kind of a full blown operation. Then you had still some dailies and weeklies that, you know, I mean, it's it's funny, you know, to watch. I mean, it. I don't know if funny is the right word, but it's interesting to see how just the changing of the of the media landscape uh, from you know a crowd. You know, I remember doing like a high school state like semifinal or championship, and you know, I'd be either representing either Patch or like a hometown newspaper or ESPN, and then there'd be like you know about four or five other people, and uh, you know, it felt like covering a college or a high school, you know, a professional game, and so you know, I but I do remember that night and. You know, a funny story about that was afterward, um, you know, going up and interviewing uh, uh, one of the players and then also the coach and, you know, kind of getting the sideways look like, who are you and what are you doing here and so forth. But it brought back memories of just kind of getting started myself with noontime and, 
Uh, but it's, it's, you know, like I said, yeah, it was, <laughs> I remember that quite well. It seems like ages ago, but it was really only technically as of this fall. Ago. It seemed like a really long time ago. You're right. I mean, it was, it was only in 2019 really. Right. But uh, right before COVID and then everything seems like it was forever ago because of COVID, you know? So, yeah. um, and that's it, you know, you mentioned like even back to 2010, I mean, I love what I do. Like I, I respect your longevity because I have such a passion for this. Uh, being able to like recognize coaches and how they run their programs and their X's and O's mind and how they build the staff off season working out. I mean, it's really a full-time job. And even for the athletes for that sake, because most of these athletes, let's be real, they're playing their sport outside of it, or they're playing other sports for their high school, but being able to showcase and cover them. I had an AD say to me um, that, you know, you make these kids feel like they're professionals from interviewing them, the putting their stuff on social media, the quick little clips. And that was a compliment because I really work hard at what I do and I love it. And like I said, I respect your longevity and how long you've been doing this and your passion for it. I mean, it, it, it's obvious when you listen to your podcast, you read your articles, you see that you're at games, your social media has been kicking off really well with the cross season. I mean, talk about the love you just have for this because to me, it's it's evident in your social media and just talking to you on the phone for five minutes. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, so my... You know, my whole love for, you know, sports honestly goes back to it's, it's a nerdy story. I love telling, you know, it's we moved, you know, I grew up in Westwood and uh, right outside of Boston. And so, you know, big sports fan, always read the Globe every morning before going to third grade, fourth grade and so forth. But when we moved uh, from an, our first house to our old uh, to a new our old second house. Um, you know, we have this thing called satellite TV, which is like, you know, direct TV, <laughs> which means nothing to everyone these days who's cutting the cord and so forth. And we had NFL Sunday ticket, which I know is a hot button topic right now with like streaming, you know, platforms that might want to take it on. And so to me, I felt like, you know, every Sunday I specifically had to be parked on my couch at like 1158 to watch uh, the NFL on Fox intro. And I was, I don't know, I was enamored by the, the robot that was like, you know, like in the, the deep voice, like, welcome to the NFL on Fox. And, you know, Pat Summerall, John Madden, just like, you know, how Joe Buck and Troy, uh, Troy Aikman, who are now on ESPN side, which is kind of uh, surreal, I guess. But, um, you know, that was really kind of my, to me, it was like, you know, I want to do this one day. Like, this is what I want to do. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. And, you know, all throughout, you know, high school and even in college, I, you know, just doing all those things saying, hey, I'm going to do this and whatnot. But, you know, my, my love has always been storytelling. You know, I've always enjoyed just telling stories, you know, whether it was, you know, uh, being nerdy again, like whether it's like with action figures or stuffed animals growing up as a kid to, you know, just really, you know, uh, you know, watching movies and watching TV shows and just kind of, you know, reading and trying to be like, hey, you know, what's a good story? And I think that the thing to me is, you know, when I was, like I said, with ESPN in Boston, and, uh, along with Patch and a few other, uh, you know, weeklies or dailies, you know, I just really fell in love with just the local scene. Um, you know, I'll give a shout out to Joe McConnell, who's uh, where I, I mean, I live in Somerville now. And uh, so I'm a transplant, but Joe's from Somerville. Um, he was my editor for a little bit with the Somerville Journal uh, back in 2017 and 2018. I think he's still with Gannett uh, when they moved over from uh, when Gannett bought Gatehouse. But, you know, that was really when, Anthony, I kind of, you know, really started realizing how much hyperlocal media means to people too. You know, I was for a while just because of being, you know, going to a D3 school, you know, I felt like, Hey, like, you know, they don't get the coverage that they deserve. I mean, when I was first starting, I was like, Oh, I was trying to do BC and UMass and Harvard and Holy cross, but you know, the division twos and division threes really don't get the the love. And um, you know, things that obviously you were uh, you know alluding to with, you know, making those student athletes feel 
you know, special and, you know, saying, Hey, like, this is our quote unquote game of the week. We're going to be here. We're doing all this video and whatnot. And I also, in addition to the NFL and Fox, I, I love watching Sunday night football. And I was saying this to a colleague who's with the Memphis Grizzlies now is um, when we worked at MIT is uh, I said, you know, if I, if I could be like noontime sports, Sunday night football, every single time I show up, I said, that's, that's my goal. And so, you know, I can't say that I've hit every single team that I've wanted to in person, but you know, it's been, it's been great to just be able to show up and, you know, get to know the coaches, get to know the athletic directors, get to know the SIDs. Um, you know, the reason why I started pivoting back into the high school world is to be truthful with you is that I just think that there is a market for it. Number one, which obviously you guys have kind of cap, you know, starting to capitalize on and starting to build up your brand more and more every single week and uh, month as the season goes on. I know. Um, but I think the other thing too, is that there are stories that need to be told. Um, you know, we could sit here for hours, you know, talking about this, you know, overcoming this or this, you know, these people that need to get that and whatnot. And with less media that's out there, um, it's an opportunity for, you know, for growing brands, um, you know, like ourselves respectively to get in involved. You know, I know the pandemic, unfortunately, you know, shut the doors of a lot of dailies and weeklies. And so there's certain pockets, even in Massachusetts, if you go out West past Worcester, they don't have, um, you know, daily newspapers. They don't have weekly coverage. So right, um, yeah. And, you know, I've always felt, I'll be honest, because I've been fortunate to do some work in the, over the years and have colleagues in the Worcester area. Um, you know, uh, Andy, I was going to say Kevin Shea and Danny Lacombe, who are with Spectre, I think, or used to be uh, Charter TV3. Hopefully I have it correct. Um, you know, they are the go-to guys along with the TNG crew that I know is a little bit smaller, Jen Toland out there as well. And um, so, you know, I mean, I think you just kind of look around as we both know when, you know, my wife's from Connecticut. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, the high school and a scene means a lot down there. I had the fortune to work for the, uh, do some you know, broadcasting production and uh, for the NFHS network, which has the rights to the championships uh, from, you know, especially around here. And so, you know, I got to travel one year where I was, uh, you know, doing three lacrosse championships in a, you know, one week after the next. And so, you know, I was in New Hampshire one week, then I was in uh, Maine the following week and then back here in Massachusetts. Well, that's the passion, right? That's the passion you have. It's it's obvious. Like I said, from, from jump, you knew, you knew like, and especially lacrosse, I feel like your stuff with lacrosse is just different. Like you do a great job of covering all the sports that you cover, but, and I've said this to you before, I just feel like when it comes to lacrosse, you're so Social media is just like a little bit different and you're like, you're, you're pepping your steps a little different. That's no insult to say that it's not when you do the other things, but you can clearly tell that lacrosse is such a passion. Here you are saying that you would travel in the different states in New England, boom, 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 to do this coverage. And a lot of it is for the love of it. And you know, a lot of people. And that was like, when I met you, I was like, oh my God, this guy knows everybody because no. you know, you're like, I know this guy from the Herald. I know this guy from, you know, Western Mass. I know this guy from the South Shore. And, you know, it, it's just interesting interesting because again to me that just shows like what you love doing like i'm sure like like you like if i could do this as my full-time job and do this all day every day and get paid for it you know i would i would love it i would i would love for this beyond to be be what i am so you know i totally respect you in that faction and i i think you do amazing things man and i think that if people don't follow you don't see the lacrosse coverage follow him on instagram and twitter man i mean his lacrosse coverage and where he goes and what he gets is it's top notch. Uh, and, and I had a lot of great coverage too. Like in the winter, I covered a lot of great high school sports and there's something about well, speaking, high school. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. Go I mean, for you it. Know, I know you had mentioned, I have to speak if, since I'm on a lacrosse high with you or yeah, yeah. Moment, I, I, I have to ask you, Anthony, I mean, are, how many, are we going to see you at lacrosse games this, you know, this spring? Because, 
you know, the thing with lacrosse really quickly here, and this is a, a conversation for another day, we need more people, in my opinion, I can't speak for Inside Lacrosse or for Lax Magazine, but uh, I hope they would agree that they need, that the sport needs more coverage and needs more people like yourself that need to come in because I, I mean, what, what's your background with lacrosse? If you don't mind me asking. I mean, honestly, I played like a thing in seventh grade and that's, and that's <laughs> about the extent of it, but so, so you know a little bit that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, what, what's so fun about the coverage though, Matt, truthfully is that a lo- like in the winter, like we cover gymnastics. Now I don't know the first thing about gymnastics, <laughs> but when I, we put the video together, John Sensabar, who works on here with me, I mean, he's, he's a magician. He's unreal. He, you know, we put this together and every single video we're always like, this is our new favorite one or all oh, this is our new favorite <laughs> one. But gymnastics was up there as one of our favorites because you talk about two guys with no clue going into it, what to expect. And we walked out of there being like, man, this was pretty good. I mean, my wife came because she was a gymnast and could actually sure. help me a little bit of like, we had a stand and what to look for and what was coming next and what this means. But, uh, you know, it, it, look, as far as lacrosse goes, I have four games booked. So I'm excited. I have uh, Mefford High School boys, Arlington Catholic boys, Mefford High School girls, and Melrose uh, girls lacrosse. So I have four lacrosse games that I'm covering. And like I said, my, you know, my expertise in it is, is minimal. Um, but again, we're about capturing the environment, too. You know, that pregame stuff, the warm up, the introductions, the bench, the players' reactions, the coaches. Like, you know, we really try to give you that, like, like behind the B, you know, Bruins type mentality, I guess, with those documentaries. And that's what COVID really did because, you know, like the last dance came out. Right. And then I just like went right. on this binge of being like, man, when things open back up, like this is what beyond can really become. And this is what we can do. And you said it, there's a lot, not a lot, there's a lot of great coverage, a lot of media coverage, but as far as kind of that behind the scenes sideline access, it's just not there in the high school world. And, you know, you're saying you're dabbling back into it and, you know, you're right. There's just, something about high school for me anyways that's just it's pure it's for the love of the game it's not like you know in any ways corrupt it's just like kids going out there and playing and it's and it's something just fun about the coverage of it yeah no for sure for sure you know it's yeah and it brings back you know it's a it's a community base at the end of the day like that's that's what makes high school sports you know unique you know no offense to the to the college world you know, I, I was, you know, at a game the other day and, you know, it was a homecoming for an event for the respective school that I was at. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that, like, because, you know, it, I mean, it was a top 10 matchup, however, but, you know, I don't know if they get that big of a fan base if it's not for a homecoming, perhaps. And the community, you know, when you're at a, you know, I was the other day at Malden Catholic and, you know, it's a, a late Thursday, you know, afternoon game. The, the crowd's there is what it is. You know, the stu- people care about the student athletes. I mean, it's two schools with, um, you know, two private schools in the area was them and St. Mary's High School of Lynn. And so, you know, you get students and parents and families from different uh, communities across the North Shore that get to come out and watch the, you know, the young men play lacrosse. And you're right, they play for the love of it at the end of the day, too. I mean, I, I think there's a lot that want to play at the next level, which is great. But, you know, uh, you got to take advantage of it. You got to enjoy it. Yeah. And, and you even mentioned and alluded to it too, like Western mass and the South shore, like, you know, there's media coverage, but it gets limited the further you go. And, you know, that's where there's those pockets of opportunity to be able to jump into programs like that. You know, I, I would gladly drive an hour, an hour and 15 minutes to go cover program. I mean, I drove the Worcester state to cover Burlington versus Norwood in the D2 semifinal, you know, right after school, took the pike, bought a couple mm-hmm. snacks in the car, drove down there. And it was, it was phenomenal. It was one of the best games I've ever seen 
period cover basketball by far the best game I've ever seen. Um, but just like absolute passion, the student section were just people from the town that you were talking to that were just there to be there, you know, Oh, they were going yeah. to support Burlington and they're driving an hour plus they have no skin in the game, you know? So that's yeah. like the stuff that you, that is, that is passionate about high school sports is that like when a community is doing well and the team's doing well, it, you know, obviously people jump on the bandwagon as it keeps going, but it is fun to see that bandwagon when it's parked in the semifinal or final game and everybody's there, there to cheer and so on and so forth. It's, it's fun. So, and I was at that game, so I'm going to like mention this and then I'm going to transition it back to lacrosse a little bit, because I know that you okay. were a lacrosse official yourself uh, at one point, but all the sports I've covered, I mean, obviously officials are always going to take like a verbal beating a little bit, right? A coach is always going to get a little heated up. And, um, you know, like some of the games I saw in the, in the fall with football and, you know, coaches get a little fired up on the sideline. Uh, hockey, not as much. I mean, coaches yell things from the bench, but sometimes I don't think refs can really hear if they're skating or on the other side of the ice. Um, basketball refs, get it. Refs, get it. Uh, they get it a lot. And, you know, sometimes deservingly, like sometimes refs take over the game with the whistle a little bit, but <laughs> what should I expect in lacrosse? Because like I said, basketball gets it from coaches. They get it from parents. You get it from players. Every time there's a whistle blow, someone's waving their hands up. I didn't follow them. I, you know, or like if it's against them or out of bounds, like refs just get it in basketball and, and you know, you feel bad for them, but uh, is, is lacrosse like that? Do, do refs get the business from coaches? I mean, as a lacrosse official, how would you say that that goes down for you? Before yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I, I ended up opting out last year because, you know, there was some uncertainty and so forth. And, you know, I'm glad to be back on the sidelines with a camera or my phone and a notepad, but you know, I had a good experience being an official, but you're right. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of the games I was doing was, was, you know, freshman or JV and, and middle school, which is where, as we both know, that's usually where you start. You don't get thrown in the fire with, you know, perhaps like the Lincoln Sudbury, Duxbury midfield right out of the shoot or a Wellesley or Needham, um, but, you know, a Bill Ricca too. But I think that, you know, it's, I, I think that it's, it's a combination, you know, I think that you see what you see in football or basketball, or even soccer, uh, hockey, whatever, you know, lacrosse, you're going to get the same, unfortunately. And I, 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 you know, the sport, just like every sport, you know, there's rule tweaks every year. There's, you know, Hey, we're you know, this is going to be different. This is going to be, you know, whatnot. Um, you know, I dealt with a fair share of, you know, people chastising. I know this might sound uh, silly, but coming from working in college athletics where I worked with some hard nosed people, uh, a lot of athletic directors I look up to that are mentors or folks that may have left and been and that are now are consulting. I, I never really was phased by it. You know, I kind of sometimes, to be honest with you, I have that old saying from the bare naked ladies one week song, you know, I'm a kind of guy that would laugh at a funeral. And so I'd have to bite my lower lip. You know, I always felt like after a game, you know, I was always one of those people that just want to go up to a coach, probably from the media side, Hey coach, good game. Good luck going forward. Um, you know, there were some coaches that would not shake your hand. There were some coaches that would, you know, kind of look at you and walk away. Some would be kind enough to say, you know, thank you very much. Or, you know, sometimes the student athletes would come up to you and say, rep, good game. But yeah, you know, unfortunately, you know, and this is one of the problems that you and I both know. And obviously, you know, from your coaching days as well, is that, you know, this, I was having this conversation last summer with an athletic director, someone that we both know. And, um, I, I was saying this individual, you know, the all sports doesn't matter whether it's lacrosse football soccer they need to they need to invest uh in the younger generation that's coming up because there's a lot of young men and women that are coming out that play the sport whether it was in high school or prep or you know college and you know maybe they had a taste where they got to go overseas for a little bit 
and they want to stay involved with the sport. Maybe they don't want to be a coach, but they want to continue to grow with it. And, you know, you can be, you can make some good money being an official as you and I both know, and, you know, you can be, you got to be invested into it with your personal growth, but the only way that it's, you know, the officials are going to get better is by a, you know, having good relationships with the coaches. And I think that's an important thing number right there. And, you know, whether that's, you know, Hey, going over a coach, which I'm sure you dealt with for an official, Hey, listen, Hey, that's my fault. Like, I'm going to make sure to look out for that. Or, you know, I didn't see that. Let me to you know, make sure I'm, you know, next time I'm going to make sure to t- take a look at that. Um, it's about communication, but it's also, you know, I think the organizations, uh, all of them, and I've had a fortune to send in a few of them, even during COVID, the height of COVID, uh, to take some of them uh, here on Zoom, I just don't think they do a good job of investing in the young talent, and I think they need to do a better job of it. Do you see refing as something that event? I mean, I I feel like even my last years of football, I felt like at times it was a shortage of officials, like they were having a hard time getting. Did you see that, like in general in lacrosse or w- with officials, and maybe that happening? Yeah, I I mean I. You know, I'm, on, I'm somehow good on this like that. Now I'm on the NFHS uh, email. And so I think that there's, I mean, it's across the country. It's a shortage yeah. all over the place too. You know, I mean, that's, I think that's sometimes why you see games scheduled at odd times because it's, you know, Hey, we don't have enough officials. So we don't have, you know, not able to get, uh, get them out to uh, doing these games at like say three 30 or four o'clock. Instead, we've got to play a bunch at seven o'clock or six o'clock at night, which is fine. Yeah. And so forth. But I, it kind of goes back to what I just said. I think they have to invest. You know, I think yeah. these organizations, I think there's some good people. I think there's some people that might, you know, uh, need to check their egos at the door. I don't mind saying that. But I just think that the only way that these organizations, whether it's a football, lacrosse, whatever, are going to get better is they have to bring up the young talents. They have to develop mentorship programs, which I think is something that lacrosse tried to start when I was there, at least in 2019. And they need to really obviously kind of build those relationships with the athletic directors, with the coaches, because those are the, that's the way it's, it's going to get better. Because I think at the end of the day, it's about communication, right? So yeah. I think that if, if you have good communication, you know, I was at a game where, you know, there was uh, two coaches that clearly were, you know, barking at each other the entire time. And, you know, it's not setting a good example for the student athletes, in my opinion, at least, but, you know, and then they're also barking at myself and my, you know, my partner I was with and, you know, if we could just kind of lower the temperature a little bit and work together, you know, we can be able to do it. You know, we're human, at, you know, referees are, are, you know, officials, they're human at the end of the day, like we all are. Right. So we're going to make a mistake. You know, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss a, you know, a goal. You know, um, I've seen plenty of games, college, high school, where, you know, like a lacrosse game where the ball goes through the net and they don't call it a goal. And, you know, you see a coach screaming, hey, ref, that's a goal or a player saying, hey, and because there was a hole in the net. And part of the uh, pregame is uh, you have to go over and make sure the net doesn't have a hole in it. So if there's a hole in the net, you got to get a new netting. And so I mean, right, because it's like, what are the chances of it going through that? But what if it does, you know, and what if that's a game that, you know, you think the shot was wide, but it really went in and just went through the hole in the net, (laughs) you know, like it's slim, but it could happen. Right. And it could directly affect the game. So, you know, and, and I'll and I'll even say this, I think my last year of coaching is when they switched over for like federation rules, like the MIWA right. did. So I, I, I felt bad for refs, you know, and I used to tell our staff a lot. My first year I was kind of, you know, I, I probably wasn't the best. It's probably like any other coach. Right. But the second year for us, like I told our coaching staff, like these rules of refs are trying to learn. So let's look at the rules that have changed that really affect our game and how we play our game. And let's make sure we know these rules really well. So if little things do happen, like for example, in federation rules, like if a quarterback rolls out of the pocket 
and has nowhere to do with the ball, if they just throw the ball away, that's a flag. It's intentional ground and federation sure. rules. It's, it's an automatic loss of down and it's from where you threw it out of bounds. So they're like a quarterback safety wise, like there's nowhere for them to go. They can't even throw the ball away. They almost just have to run out of bounds or drop to the ground because if they throw the ball away, instead of getting that ball at the line of scrimmage, you're going to lose all those yardage and in the down. And it happened in a game. We were playing Archie's and, you know, they rolled out of the park and the quarterback had nothing to, and he threw the ball away and the whistle, no ref threw the flag. And, you know, I kind of went over to the ref. I'm like, that's against the rules. You can't intentional ground federation rules here. And, Right. You know, he looked at me and went over to another ref. They discussed and then they threw the flag and called it. But that's like a sense too. like you feel bad for these guys because that's a crazy rule. I mean, that's a crazy rule. Quarterback can't yeah. throw the ball away. And when you're talking about like safety, like that's one of the I mean, that's in the NFL. There's such a like emphasis on protecting quarterbacks and making sure they don't take late hits or low hits or anything like that. And at the high school game, you're like, yeah, sorry, you can't intentional ground. Go for it. So, you know, I, I, I do feel for for officials in, in a lot of sense at the high school level i think you're more veteran savvy coaches are you know i think your young guys always come in and any bad call there's always going to be ripping and roaring a little bit and i think that's just young energy like you know we once had and um but as you get older and you, and you get more veteran you understand that you know there's a whole lot of game to play and getting on the officials bad side very early on is not i don't care what sport it is it's just it's not a good thing um what about you for lacrosse coverage? I mean, you obviously we talked about, in my opinion, your passion for it and how much you, you know, you love it and you can see it. I mean, what do you have cooking in the spring as far as college games or high school games and what's noontime got going on? Sure. So I, you know, I'll begin by saying, you know, I've been fortunate to go back to work with uh, inside lacrosse, you know, they're one of two, in my opinion, of like the bigger brands when it comes to, the pros, the college game, the high school, the, the recruiting and so forth. So it's been great to be able to reconnect with some, you know, old coaches from, you know, the Northeast uh, across the country for, you know, the national D3 coverage as well. You know, for the lacrosse right now, you know, it's been a kind of a little bit of, you know, football to me has always been kind of the driver. And I don't mean that in the, in the wrong way, because I think that, you know, I'm passionate about making sure women's sports are, you know, are, you know, are highlighted just as much as men's sports are, um, because I believe that, you know, they deserve the coverage as much as the men's do. And, you know, one of my biggest goals, honestly, I think when it comes to lacrosse, this is just in general speaking, I've said this to other folks that cover lacrosse at different levels, whether it's high school or college or whatnot, is, um, you know, making sure like the student athletes are profiled in a positive and good way, but also the sport needs to grow and needs to get to a new other audiences and so forth. And so, you know, trying to identify uh, the stories. And I think that that really kind of, again, goes back to as I alluded about communication when it comes to officiating, it's just kind of building up the communication with the, with the law, uh, with the coaches. Um, you know, right now, you know, one of the biggest things that I honestly feel like I'm trying to do more of is just getting out to uh, the high school games, you know, the college season's funky because it's like, you know, it starts like early in February. Uh, a lot of, some schools come online. Some schools have to wait until late February or March you know, I, I actually honestly feel bad for the college spring student athletes, because especially if you play in the Northeast where you could have snow one day, rain the next day, and then like a beautiful 70 right. degree, like, you know, sunny day. And so you're losing games where it's like, you can't play, you know, if you're a baseball or softball student athlete, uh, you're, unless you play on a turf field or, you know, you're able to go out to Northboro in Massachusetts where they've got turf complexes, you know, you're kind of cramming to get games in at the end of the, oh, yeah. of the season. I, I can, I'll tell you this. I, I saw a fair amount of lacrosse games over the last few weeks K 
canceled because of either cold or the snow. And I had this conversation with John Rabo, the Wesleyan lacrosse coach on a, a podcast I did a couple of weeks ago with Noontime. And I asked him, you know, I shared this clip too. I said, is it, is it a spring sport or an extended winter sport? Yeah. And, you know, this is a gentleman that's been around the game for a long time, played at New Haven and obviously has been, uh, you know, a stalwart with, uh, with Wesleyan. And, you know, he's, he and I were laughing about that too. So I don't know if it's, I mean, I think right now it's a spring sport, given the fact that high school games are being played, you know, late March, early April. So, you know, my goal right now probably is more getting out to some of these high school games, getting a lot of video, trying to get some photos, um, trying to really kind of, you know, connect more with some of the coaches that maybe I haven't, you know, talked with in a while. Um, you know, I've obviously utilized Instagram to kind of connect with certain teams and saying, Hey, I'd like to come cover your game and so forth. And so, that's kind of where I think I see, I see myself going. Nothing against the, the college world, but, you know, it's it's tough around here because, like I said, you know, you have some of the Ivies that come on late. And then, like, you know, we're lucky, especially here in the New, uh, New England area with the Nescats, uh, teams like Tufts and Amherst and Middlebury and Wesleyan, uh, you know, they play a really short and condensed season. And so once they're kind of they get hot, it's like, oh, all of a sudden the NCAA tournament comes on and then, you know, the season's over and so forth. So, you know, We'll still be kind of keeping track of those stories, but, you know, really starting to shift a little bit more gears into the, uh, the high schools. Yeah. And it'll be exciting. I know we, we might be kind of cross path in some games or be going to some of the same games. So we'll always be kind of fun. And honestly, I'll probably learn a lot from you just kind of where you're standing. I mean, you understand the game, obviously from like a player standpoint, but obviously an official standing point and having the best angles and the best views and things like that. Uh, you know, I'm really excited for, for lacrosse. Obviously I haven't done it, but like I said, your passion for it's making me get a little fired up for it. So, um, we, you know. we need, like I said, we, we need more people to cover the sport. And I think that also the coaches, it's not just, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you one story I did really quickly here. Um, you know, I had a, a colleague that was at Regis college in Western Massachusetts and, you know, he's, um, in a different part of the country now. And, you know, he's kind of zigged and zagged his lacrosse journey, but, you know, he, he took on a team that was really, he was really building up that team. And to me, that was one of the fun stories I did in 2014. I did a video feature on them. Um, I think now I definitely go, would like to go back and do it all over. Think of knowing, knowing a few more tricks and a few more angles and so forth. Yeah. But I think that like that to me is just a sign of the top 25 teams are great, but sometimes the best teams are those that, that like, I'm a big uh, proponent of, uh, of those. Like I love uh, highlighting startup programs because they're new, they come online, you know, it's their first season and uh, they're getting used to the area and so forth, getting used to competition. And sometimes some of the startup programs, uh, an example, like here in the D3 world, Coast Guard Academy, they were a club team and they come online and boom, within a you know, year or so, they were they were one of the top teams in the new Mac and one of the top teams in New England. So uh, you can find some really cool, um, you know, stories at all levels and it doesn't have to be the top 20 or top 25 teams. Yeah. And, and it's just, yeah, you know, it, 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 when you talk about the coverage of it, I, I had Danny Ventura on here and he had said that, you know, when it comes to the spring sports a little bit, you know, coverage is, is a little bit tougher because you don't necessarily have people that fill across anyways, that are too, like, can go there, really cover it, understand, you know, how good a player is and so on. Like you get the football, basketball, hockey, baseball coverage. Those, I guess, in soccer, those are like your big five, right? And then after that, you know, lacrosse has obviously grown in the state so much and grown in this country so much as a spring sport. But again, the 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 media and the analysis, like it, it's getting there. It's getting there with those other sports. So yeah, that's the plan. I, and I'm sure I'm going to fall in love with it. Like I fell in love with gymnastics and swimming and all these other different things that we've done. So, um, 
Um, no, it's a lot of fun. And, and something I want to just bring up to you, um, you know, in, in conversation, just because I've seen you have guests on that have talked about this, uh, is, is mental health. Um, you know, even, even more so I would say since like post pandemic or, you know, during the pandemic, you know, mental health awareness is something that has been a tremendous push, not just in this world, but in the world of sports or any other aspect of life. Um, and I mean, I was a head coach and, you know, I saw the struggle of mental health and truthfully at times, even as a coach, like you struggle with mental health. I mean, I know for me, like being, you know, being responsible for a program, not just necessarily coaching football anymore, but you're responsible for a bigger umbrella of things. I mean, how players are performing on and off the field in the classroom at home, holding people accountable, whether it's your players or staff dealing with parents and all the sort of opinions they have about who should be playing and what you're doing and this and that, you know, and then for me having like twins at home, you know, my first two kids I've ever had, you know, on top of running camps, on top of being a teacher, I mean, mentally, it can be draining sports can be draining and what we do what you and i do mentally can be draining because in order for you to build yourself up in this i mean i'm only a year and a half in you're 13 plus years in a lot of it early on is grinding and doing things for free and going to you know long drives or odd hours to go cover things and that's taking away from your life and you're not necessarily getting compensated for that but you're there to kind of build your relationship and show what you can become or what you are and that can be mentally draining too so i'm just curious in your opinions on that the guests that you've had on or just yourself like doing the podcast that you're doing when it comes to mental health and, and, and how you kind of see it or, or perceive it in your life and what you see. Well, I, I appreciate bringing up this topic and you being candid, obviously with the things that you deal with and, you know, with balancing and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. I've, you're right. I mean, I, you know, I've been blown away. I've been fortunate enough to have some former colleagues in the MIT world, the non MIT world that I worked with during the 2014, 15 school year come on. And we've had some great chats just about the importance of, you know, taking care of yourself and thinking about uh, what's important to you and what's, you know, what, what you can control. You know, we live in this super fast paced world. You know, we have uh, these things called phones that are not just a phone. You know, you can check your email, you can check social media, you can check uh, your fantasy and so forth or teams. And uh, it can be a double edged sword is what it is, too. And so I think when it comes to the content space, you know, I've seen a lot, in my opinion, over the last you know year or so is that, you know, COVID as uh, awful as it's been and different, you know, from a health perspective, you know, it has spurred kind of, you know, this entrepreneurial spirit, which I think is exciting. But I think that one of the problems I mentioned about social media, that's where you see the fueling of, you know, the mental health problems where it's, you know, someone's at a game, someone's at an event, someone's, you know, done this or something, and you might be sitting there on the couch and, you know, you might've lost a job or might've lost a family member or just kind of dealing with, uh, just challenge, just the general challenges of life and just feeling tired or whatnot. And you kind of feel inside, you're like, man, you know, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And I think when it comes to like the content creation world, I, I've been fortunate to take a part in some, you know, Twitter spaces or some communication on Slack uh, with folks from, you know, around here to other side of the country. And they talk about the importance of take a day for yourself. You know, I've, I've had days where, you know, I'll, I'll go for wa longer walks with my dog, Austin, you know, I'm a health freak, you know, I love working out, you know, I love going for runs, especially now that it's warmer out, not a, no ice on the ground. But I, I think I would say this, anyone, and I say this to this college students that are working, you know, that want to get in this space as well, is that it's a great space. There's filled with so many, you know, there's so many opportunities. Uh, as you and I were talking the other day, we were you know, throwing around ideas about for like football covers in the fall. 
that are not cop. They kind of in a way they copy, you know, you know, copy a you know, cat. Hey, you know, Anthony does this. I might do that. Hey, Matt does this or NFL right. films and so on and so forth. And that's fine. Like, you know, it's not like, I think that you have to feel like when you're talking to people like you and I have like, you know, good conversations, don't be worried that, Oh my God, like someone's going to steal that thought. And then I'm going to be like, you know, uh, you have to do what's best for you. But I think that, um, I think if you get in the, in the creative space, it can be overwhelming at times because someone's going to be better at Photoshop. Someone's going to be better at editing. Someone's going to be better on their social presence. Someone's going to have uh, more followers and more friends and whatnot too. And again, that can feel overwhelming, but I think, you know, to me, you know, I'm a big, uh, you know, proponent of meditation. You know, I do it a couple of times a week. You know, I do, you know, journaling, I do uh, stacking gratitude out loud, saying the things that I'm thankful for at the end of each day. Sometimes, you know, my wife and I practice that as well. Um, I've found, to be honest with you, I think in a way the pandemic has also, I think, helped us all realize what's what's important to us and how to slow down. You know, I was coming back from a game, uh, you know, early 2020. I'm, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night. I've done back-to-back PA announcing uh, gigs and I'm sitting on the Mass Pike at 10 o'clock at night and there's, you know, there's a backup, there was, you know, road construction and it's, I'm calling my wife and I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing here on the, on the pike, but yeah, in a yeah. way it's allowed you to all step back. And I think that you have to understand at the end of the day that, um, you know, there's, you know, they say that you don't have time. That's in my opinion, opinion, a little bogus. I think the most important thing is you have to listen to internally to what you, what, what matters to you. Don't let someone else from the outside come into your world and say, Oh, you can't do it because you know, you don't have this, you don't have that equipment. You don't have that experience as well. Those are naysayers, man. At the end of the day, those are people that are, you know, that are envious, you know, yeah. I, you know, like I said, we're chatting a, a little while ago about camera equipment. And I was saying to you, it doesn't matter. You know, you know, it could have your phone. It could be an old camera. You don't need all this crazy stuff. Like you need to do what's best for you. And so I think that my message I would say to anyone is that, you know, take care of yourself, put yourself first. You know, you don't feel like being at a game or an event that day screw it. Just take yeah. the day to yourself. You, you can do it tomorrow, you know? And that's like where I feel like with coaching, I struggled so much is because for me, it was like taking over for such a legend who'd been there 30 plus years that you, you're the next person you know, for all intents and purposes since the 19, you know, nineties, nine, even the eighties, like that person was coach. So for me, it was, there was already that anxiousness going into it. And then obviously just feeling like whenever you're resting or even with this podcast, like whenever you feel like you're resting or taking time for yourself, sometimes I personally struggle with, I'm being lazy and I could be doing this or I could be doing that. And I go, I, I struggle with that a lot, you know, and I think that that's, you know, one thing that I see that just in what we do, but for high school kids, I mean, they're also dealing with a whole different world than you and I dealt with the world of social media alone, what people are posting. Does somebody like my thing? Does somebody not like my thing? Was this quote or thing, a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or was that about me? Or were they talking about me? And, you know, that's a whole different world that we never had to worry about before. And it seems like very minute to you and I, because we, we don't even think or worry about that stuff. But for a high school kid, that can consume their mind it can consume their day and really put them in a rut and i've noticed that coaching especially my back five years versus my previous 10 years before that is that you know there was such an aspect of like seeing things that were posted on social media or hearing when you get to school that a kid's upset because of something like that and 
as a coach now trying to guide them through that while also trying to teach them and coach them and get them ready for the game that they have on Friday night. So, you know, mental health is something that's become more of a global push. And I think that um, for people that don't get it or just think like, oh, you just got to kind of fight through it. You know, maybe I was one of those people when when those first talks first happened. But, you know, it's like your body, your body gets you know physically exhausted when you work it too much or you need to rest like you do that to your brains and your minds. It's the same thing. Like you need to meditate or do yoga or, or lay in the dark or listen to music. Like it's just, you, you got to be able to, to relax your, um, you know, you got to be able to relax your, your mind. You got to be able to kind of zone out. And I think I have a difficult time doing that. And I know a lot of people think like, eh, but like I said, it is really important aspect of taking care of yourself. Um, so you can be physically better as well. Um, well, you know, and, and I hope I just want to add on to that too. You're right. Because I think you, you mentioned something. It's about the instant gratification, Anthony. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the real problems. You know, look, there's going to be some people in this world that are going to have, you know, 500 likes on a photo or have more engagement on a tweet or an Instagram post or whatnot. But that doesn't mean that you're not making an impact. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I've always felt is that just be a good person. You know, I've made fair, I've made plenty of mistakes. I mean, you know, uh, sometimes I speak my mind a little bit too much, or maybe I, you know, Hey, it shouldn't be saying this or shouldn't be doing that. But I think the instant, gra- and that's why I think for like, whether it's a high school student, a college student, anyone in general, like the instant gratification is if we don't get it, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to listen to Gary V. Uh, I'm, you know, I had a chance to quickly you know, meet him, you know, for a quick second at the MIT Sloan analytics conference before it be, kind of became who he was in 2013. And I think one thing that he preaches about is that, you know, it's, you know, if you have a small audience, that's all that matters. Like, you know, cater to that audience. I also like how Mark Cuban's gone on this interview. It was an interview that's, you know, circulated throughout the web where he goes, you only need one, you only need one person, one people, you know, one thing to believe in you. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. And so, you know, if you can really just, you know, exactly as you alluded to, just take the time and you shouldn't feel bad. You know, Mm -hmm. I've learned Anthony too, you know, before the pandemic, when I was first getting started with noontime. I was, I felt like I had to be at all of these different places. I felt like I had to populate the blog. I had to put something on social media. I had to do this, this, and that, but you know, and I, I know I, I swapped text with you about this a couple of weeks ago, your audience, your family, your friends will be understanding of what you are trying to do. And the people that, if they care about you, which I know they do. Um, I know I care about you, man. Cause you've become a good friend. <laughs> I, 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 no, I mean it. I, I mean it in sincerity because I think that one thing the pandemic has definitely taught me at least is uh, who are the true people you want in your corner and who are the people you need to get away? I've gotten rid of people, you know, um, and I've let go of grudges, which part part of obviously the meditation and kind of let, you know, letting yourself go. And so, you know, kind of focusing on yourself and your health. Um, and that's what's more important to me is, you know, I want to see someone like you. I mean, you you talk to me and I, I, I'm flattered by it, but I, I see the passion in you, man. Like, I mean, I think that that's something that you have to remember at the end of the day. You know, you're at these games you know, the thing that I think is really cool that what you and your team are doing is, you know, you may not be at the quote unquote big time, you know, the big game of the week or the big game of the weekend, perhaps as well. But you mentioned this a little while ago about saying how I, you know, an AD or a coach says, you know, you make me make my student athletes feel like, you know, the professional athletes. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. You know, I see too many individuals that want to get into this and think, well, you know, I'll shoot up from high school to the Red Sox beat really fast or I'll go cover the Golden State Warriors or Chicago Bulls. And that's that's all and well. But like I said to you a little while ago, I, I think that what you're doing and 
Um, you have a good heart, man. Like, and that's, that's the thing too, is like, you want to be around people that are going to make, you know, are going to help you grow, but also be there, you know, when, when you're having a rough day or just feeling like, you know, I just need to talk to someone, you know, I'm not just saying my wife or my partner or spouse or, you know, my child or, uh, my mother or father or an uncle or aunt, whatever is like that. And that's what it comes down to. And I think yeah. that, you know, in this space, I do think there are people that want to help you. Um, there's going to be people that don't want to help you because they're only focused on the respective brand or, you know, on their Twitter account as well, but find people in your corner. Um, and I believe you're, I definitely believe you're one of them that I feel fortunate to have in my corner that are going to be there to support you no matter what. And that's what it's all about me yeah. at the end of the day. And I know this is kind of overlap mental health and, you know, passion no, and fine. so forth too, but yeah. this is, I, I think it's important that I want to say that to you. And it's not because, Hey, I'm on your podcast and you were kind enough to, you know, to join me, you know, a couple months ago, but um, you know, I, I, I want to see people like you uh, get out and have fun and, and you put together a good product and uh, you also bring, bring some good laughs out of some other non-sports topics too. Yeah. And I think that's like the key. It's like, we are just having fun with it, but you know, that's, that's why we do it. Like you mentioned earlier in this podcast, how, there is coverage out there for sports, but a lot of people do go to the bigger games. So then you look and do the math. There's a lot of high school sports out there. There's a lot of teams out there. There's a lot of kids that are working hard in their off seasons to get ready for their sport. So um, yeah, it's nice to go out and cover a championship game or be there for the pinnacle of the sport, no matter what division it is. But there's a lot of sports that deserve coverage out there. And for as far as we're concerned, we're not, I'm not always looking for the program that's the best in the state or the program that is the, you know, is they have the best facilities or whatever. It's sometimes really going out to the programs because those coaches essentially have to work even harder because they may not have the money to go out and get certain things. They may not have the best facilities, but they're heck of a coaches and they play in a tough league or whatever. And they do really well considering what they have. And sometimes you want to cover that. And sometimes locals nice because locals closer in the, in the grind of your day. And as you know, and I know it ain't our full-time jobs either. So um, it, it's well, traffic, traffic also plays into it as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, humongous, not, I mean what, what, it used to be easier to get to, you know, from Somerville to Brookline. Now it takes about an hour to get. Over there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it, you know, and, and in some ways, like obviously pandemic and how many times things have been shut down, traffic has been a little bit easier when things first started opening back up for sports. But now I'm finding traffic is just as crazy <laughs> as, as it was, you know, pre-pandemic. So, um, yeah, it, you, you kind of all got to be selective. And, you know, I wish I could go to South Shore, Central Mass. I, I would love to do that. It's just schedule wise. It's almost impossible getting out of school at the time I get out to hop on uh, 95 or the Mass Pike or whatever. You just most sports at 334 o'clock in the spring you just time wise you're just not going to get there um, well, i was go i was going to say for football you know for you leaving the classroom you know you might as well just you know go get a hotel room at that point because or you know go camp out at a starbucks because it's probably on a friday night as you and i both know even you know we may not be the you know the texas or florida or the california for high school football however uh, you know, getting out to a game, you know, <laughs> might yeah. leave at three o'clock for three 30 for a seven o'clock game, which I know sounds really crazy saying, but that's, that's our traffic pattern. And that's it. And it's tough. You know, I have two little ones at home and like, it, I love, I mean, I love being dad. Like I love being dad. I have fun with it. Like I take the kids out. I mean, I have twins and my wife thinks I'm crazy, but I take them out to like, like, you know, three years old. And I take them out every Saturday to lunch because my wife's working or we go for walks. I take them both to the park and it's nonstop. I mean, you're running around because they're just going in different directions, but 
So it's time away from them. And that can be, that's really hard for me personally to, to be away from home. I think coaching. And when I had my babies, like, you know, my wife and I, the other day, were looking at old pictures and some of the things were things that I missed, like, because I was at practice or at a game or, you know, in the weight room in the off season or, um, you know, whatever, I, whatever you do during the season, cause there is nonstop. Like I miss some moments and I, I always struggle with that a little bit. So with this, as much as I love it and I do, I have a passion, I'll cover anyone who puts the work in. Cause I think student athletes, anybody who can put the work in the classroom and then represent their school in the field or a court or a rank or whatever they deserve your love. So you try to give it to them, but it comes with sacrifices with us. So I'm going to jump into our last segment here. It's our two minute drill, a Cheney's two minute okay. drill. And uh, I going to fire some rapid fire questions at you. You know, one or two word answers. You can explain. We're pretty lenient. Uh, okay. I do get a red flag. I do get a red flag. If I want to throw the flag and, and review your answer a little bit, I most <laughs> can. and vice versa. If you want to explain, you can definitely explain. Okay. So, um, so it's fun. Coaches love it on the segment. And I think you'll have a great time with it too. So, so here we go so song that still gets you juiced up a little bit before a big game or going to cover a big game so on and so forth oh man um yikes hold on you know i was gonna say i i have the word so i worked uh quick background story i worked at iheart uh, media so you know just so that means uh, i have terrible taste in pop uh, pop music <laughs> you know i i don't know you know i mean um I, I listen to a lot of like, you know, I'll listen to like ACDC, Bon Jovi, you know, maybe just a, I, some of the songs you're hearing at Patriots games and Red Sox games and uh, sometimes remixes. And so, um, you know, this morning I was cruising out to Elton John with Charlie Puth listening to After All. I don't know. If Look that's at you. OK, song. like I love asking this question because there's never the same answer. There's never the same answer. And I think it's one of those. Yeah, things I, I, like, I will tell you, though, I, I will. I don't mind saying this because uh, when I do my workouts uh, and I was hearing this in my head when I was shoveling snow this winter, um, I'll make a man out of you by Mulan. I don't know why, but there's a, <laughs> that's when, I, when I'm running a hill or if I'm doing like a hard final set, that's that's the one I had to pull up my Spotify actually i gotta i gotta tell you that's that's a one in a kind answer there i love it i think it's great that's why i asked this question um outside of lacrosse in the high school world what is your probably favorite sport to cover oh man i I throw them at you man i do grenades yeah yeah (laughs) well i you know, I might be kind of, you know, uh, vanilla by saying, I mean, I, I mean, I love football, you know, I think that there's, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I could give you a long answer about that, but I'm just going to leave it at that say football. Okay, cool. Um, team that you loved maybe refing during your, your refing days in lacrosse, like a program that you just absolutely loved watching or, or being there for their game. I'm going to say nobles. Uh, I think it was a seventh or eighth grade game. It came to, it was a wire game came down to St. Sebastian's and uh, I, I love the the gentleman who was the coach on that particular team. I forget what his name was, but uh, you know, after the game, he had to ask my, re- uh, my partner and I about how he was able to hold off because it was a final shot that he thought went in for St. Sebastian's and, uh, but they were, they were really good and uh, you know, really kind of, so I'll say nobles. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm interested in this question because I go back and forth with this. What is your better social media for your for your you know, for your sports coverage, uh, Twitter or Instagram? I I'm really into Instagram. You know, I love the visualization. I love the graphics. You know, it's something that I'm trying to get better at myself. I love the reels. Um, you know, obviously, I, I have you know, I've decided to restart my own personal like TikTok where I'm putting some of the same stuff on Instagram, putting it out on TikTok. So it's not not like too, too much, but 
Yeah, I, I, I used to. I would say Twitter a couple of years ago, but I think to me, I just think that's where everyone's hanging out. And, you know, I love just truthfully when I'm watching a, a football game or, you know, whatnot, um, seeing what, say, like, you know, the Patriots are doing or the Cowboys are doing, the Eagles are doing and, you know, trying to say, how can I replicate that or, do, you know, do take that version um, and twist it in my own noontime version. So I would say Instagram is my answer. You know, I, I'll throw the red flag and we'll talk about this just a little <laughs> tad bit more. I go back and forth with that so much because I think for the sports coverage and what we do, it's Instagram, you know, in that yeah. sense, as far as the high school athletes go and the kids go and getting them to help you spread that out there because, you know, they see something on their team or they see something about themselves and they know they got videoed doesn't matter if they want to lost that game. They want to see it. Right. But then on the mm -hmm. flip side for the podcast, it's all Twitter. Is, is it for me? Like I love looking up what programs are doing, who's active on social media, you know, who's posting things pretty regularly. So I, you know, I go back and forth with it. Instagram is more fun. Like the reels yeah. are fun. The graphics are fun. The things you can do is more fun. I, I would say Instagram too. I think, I, I think I would, but I was, I was curious in what your thoughts were uh, with that. Um, all right. I'll ask you a unique question. Obviously going back to your reffing days, coolest lacrosse uniforms you've seen from any program that you've covered, just like the oh, color wow. or whatever. Well, I, I, I didn't officiate this game, but you know, Tufts had uh, some, I think some throwback uniforms the other day that I shared on Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, when they played Trinity college in Hartford. And, uh, so I, I think those have been really cool. You know, I don't know. I'm also really classic, you know, uh, really simple. You know, I worked as an SID at Wheaton, you know, uh, our soccer team, for instance, had the stripes, which I'm not a fan of, because if you need to stat the game, you can't really see the numbers. But, you know, I, I know this sounds really cliche and it's not I'm trying to pump tires because I didn't go to these school. But I, I don't know. I mean, I went to a school that's colors were, uh, were blue and white. Um, I like Middlebury Colleges and, uh, and Harvard. You know, I think they're simple kind of, you know, Harvard's the maroon and white. Middlebury's the uh, the navy blue and white. Um, they're simple, you know. They're kind of simple, and they kind of do they kind of do it. I, I like what the PLL does with um, you know the different jerseys they they've used as well. But yeah, I don't know. I I kind of feel like you know keep it simple, man. Is what the kind of the way I look at it. I love it. Um, and last question for you again. I'll just throw another lacrosse question at you because <laughs> you're a lacrosse guy. Goalie, stud scorer, or stud defenseman what would you rather have building your team, your lacrosse team around? Well, actually I would start with the face off, uh, the fa the FOGO as they like to call it. I mean, in women's lacrosse or uh, girls lacrosse it's draw control, but usually they're midfielders or defenders. So they're going to stay on the field. But I, I think that you got to start with the FOGO, uh, the face off. And it's usually an individual that's uh, specifically that goes out to take the face off, um, you know, starts the game, um, you know, usually, uh, usually the quarters, although depending on like, you know, how the quarter ends, sometimes they might start off like on the side, like a soccer, like throw in. But I would say if you can have a really good, uh, Fogo, someone that can be able to win the face-offs, that's going to get the, that's going to jumpstart the offense, the attack really quickly. Um, and also if you have someone there on the women's side or the, you know, the, the girl side, that's really good again, the draws, um, I feel like the draws are probably a lot harder to get than the face-offs because the face-offs, it's just you and someone else. And, um, you know, so it's usually one-on-one, -on -one. obviously just like with the draws, you know, they'll converge after the whistle sounds and the balls, you know, in play. So I think if you can have a really good, uh, face-off specialist, that's the one that uh, I would start with. And then you can kind of build around from there. All right. Well, that's a great answer. And on that, we'll, we'll close out the two minute drill. You survived the two minute drill. Um, and I want to thank you for coming on here. As I said, you know, definitely have followed you over the past 
you know, 10 plus years anyways, truthfully, especially on Twitter. Cause I felt like I would always have been, um, the guy on Twitter for our football accounts. And when I was an assistant coach and obviously as a head coach too. So, you know, I, I really appreciate the work that you do. I think, you know, collegiate and high school athletes are lucky to have you and the passion that you do to cover what you cover and, uh, you know, and the work that you put into it. I know it's, it's, it's a grind. There's a, you know, and like you said, there's a lot of people in some senses that cover it, but not a lot of people that cover it in other senses. So I think you do a good job of really trying to kind of get the whole program, the whole coach, the whole athlete, uh, and I wish you luck going forward. I know you got some things that you're, you're working on that you know, you're excited about and I'm excited to watch and listen to. So I appreciate the time this morning. I really do. Hey, Anthony, anytime. Always happy to chat. And uh, thank you for what you're doing. It's it's great to see. And I think it's uh, you know something I'm really looking forward to. Uh, not just your lacrosse coverage, but baseball, softball. Maybe we'll maybe we'll see you beyond a, uh, a track and field event or we're a at rugby. Match. We're at a rugby game this year. OK, OK. So well, excited about that. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you. Thank you for the time. It was great to look forward and be happy to join you anytime down the road. Yeah. Awesome, man. So, so from beyond podcasts, I'm your host, Anthony Petralis, Matt Noonan till next time.